You're listening to the Sean Lowell Podcast. Welcome back to the Sean Noble Podcast. Um, today is the second time of recording this episode. Um, it's uh, in answer to a number of questions I get, all basically asking the same thing, which is how to get into sports modelling. Um, for those of you who know me, I've done bits and pieces for men's health, men's fitness, Maxi Muscle, Techno Gym, Adidas, um, Tommy Hilfiger, Golf, um, all sorts of different brands um, and worked as a sports model. So I often get people asking, how do you get into that? Um, as I said, I have recorded this episode before and I'm joined again by Kate, who recorded it with me before. We decided to sit outside in the sun a month ago um, and unfortunately the wind and the uh, other elements um, and, and birds and all sorts meant that it wasn't really easy to listen to. So we've come indoors and we've got back together and we are going to record this today. So Kate, thank you for joining me. Thank you. So Kate um, actually helped me get into um, commercial and sports modelling. She's been modelling for a little while. Um, Kate was a, a national level ice skater and then a professional dancer. And uh, Kate will probably go into this a little bit, but alongside that she got into uh, modelling agents um, and then modelling for all sorts of different brands and bits and pieces um, and then into acting um, alongside the dancing and sort of cr- crossing a number of different avenues, which tends to happen these days if you if you get into it. Kate helped me um, do some shoot, uh, do a photo shoot with a photographer that she'd worked with quite a lot, Bill, and that was sort of my first shoot, and I wasn't very good. And then from there, I could get agents and 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 sort of move into it properly. So, um, yeah, Kate, thank you. Um, do you want to tell people a little bit about how you got into it and how you stumbled onto it, and then I can say how I did, and then maybe we can give some tips to people wanting to get get into this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So my main goal was always acting, and then um, I kind of fell into dance, going to dance college, and um, through lack of confidence to go to drama school, so I went to dance college, and then um, working as a professional dancer, I again kind of fell into. Um, modelling, uh, kind of more commercial modelling, because my look, uh, also I was a bit fatter at the time, wasn't necessarily a, um editorial model. Um, and they actually worked quite well because being freelance and self-employed and working a day here and a day there, you were able to, you know, fit them in together. You know, so it worked quite well. Um, I forgot what you... That's all right. I, I think that's a really good point, actually, and, and maybe if we bring out points as we go along... Before we get into how you would get into sports modelling, um, I think we should cover a couple of things, which is exactly what it is, because I think there's some confusion certainly these days, less so than when I first got into it. Um, but how it generally works, Kate's made a really good point there, it fits really well with doing other things where you work for yourself and you're booked here, there, and you can take a day off. Because often, um, and we'll come on to auditioning and that sort of thing in a bit, but often you get booked the day before. And I've had um, jobs before where it's been getting on for 11pm at night and I finally had the message, yes, you're on tomorrow, you're getting picked up at 5am. Now, what that means is, is that if you've got any work the next day and you're getting told that 
half past 10, 11 o'clock, you've then either got to cancel that work for the next day or you've got to make sure you've got a free day because you can't have a normal for nine to five unless you're going to call in sick, which some people do, but your nine to five won't last very long or you'll just turn down jobs or you won't go to auditions because you can't work like that. So the first thing to say is, and I'm sure Kate will back me up on this, it is a lastminute.com world, whether that's auditions. Um, and I think the other day, uh, Kate and I were in Devon and at about 8pm, Kate got asked to do an audition the next day in London. So we all of a sudden had to work out how we were going to get to London the next day or how she was going to get to London the next day and get to that audition. And that's the way, not all of them, I've had one recently that was sort of 10 days in advance, you've got this audition. Um, so it, it, it can be last minute and 90% of the time it is, but um, it, it can be a little bit earlier. But you, you'd say the same sort of thing. It tends to be a bit of a, a whirlwind of a, of a, of a job. Yes. Um, I feel like you have to really love it and want to do it to be able to put up with it. Um, I think I'd always just been so keen to work and that I put up with a lot of things. But then when trying to run my own business and having other responsibilities, I noticed actually how inconvenient it was to uh, trying to build another business or even work for another person's company and have any other responsibilities. I do marvel at people who have kids who manage to still do this career, um, you know, with school runs and, you know, I I imagine they must have a really good support network, but I know there are some people who don't and they, they manage to make it work. You have to have a, quite an understanding. If you're going to do another job, you have to have quite an understanding boss or, or company or friends that all do it so you can cover each other, don't mm. you? It, it doesn't work if, as Kate said, if you're running your own company or trying to, you know, and suddenly you get an audition or a job, you might have to, to pull out or drop out. And certainly when I was personal training, um, I remember one particular job for Adidas. Um, it was the, the new British Lions shirt and eventually they ended up using me wearing the shirt. Um, I was up on Twickenham, so it was a great thing to do and I wanted to do it. But the job came through about 4pm for the next afternoon. And I had a days full of clients booked in. So I had to go around and cancel all of those and find a way of saying sorry and I'll book you in later in the week. Um, and I even asked then that the, the production, the woman who was producing the shoot and said to her, "What you know? why does it have to be like this? Why is it last minute? Um, and to be fair to her, she said, it, you know, it's not always me. Adidas will tell me when they want to do the job. I'll say to them, it's a 10 day run in. And then with five days to go, Adidas will come back and say, yeah, fine, here's the money we want to do it. And she'll say, fine, well, this date. And they'll say, no, still this date. So everything's often very last minute and that's just the way it is um and as Kate said you either accept that and love it and you want to do the work and you find other work around it that will help you do that or you decide that it's not for you and I think that's what we're trying to do here is be really honest so when people ask me how do you get into sports modeling um it's it's a case of not really how do you get into it I think a lot of people can do sports modeling it's how you make it work with everything else you do and what it is you do um go on, I, think, I think what I would say that is hard nowadays is the pay isn't as much or I, I'm not I'm still querying this myself as to whether it's the fact that um whereas before we only had five channels and there were royalties and it was you know it was a lot more coverage in a sense um whereas I'm, I'm probably not making myself clear you know how now it can be on every internet channel and actually the exposure you get will be much more vast because it will also be on the internet so in my eye it should almost pay more whereas you used to get better wages 
beforehand when there were you know less channels I guess because people were forced to watch the advert I, I was just discussing this at the weekend sorry to interrupt you with um, I did a, a an internet commercial funny enough for a, a big car brand at the weekend um, uh, and we were discussing the wages that we were getting and then um, we were discussing voiceover work and what we're saying is is voiceover work seems to have kept its money it, it's kept its level whether that's because of equity which is the union and a lot of modelling and acting jobs are outside of equity now they don't do the equity rates I, I have an opinion that not many people want to do voiceover work because it's not flashy it's not cool people aren't necessarily going to recognise you where so many people want to do sports modelling and acting that the agencies and then the jobs have their pick of people now with anything as we know if there's more people they can drive the fees down because somebody will do it for cheaper whereas if you look at voiceover there are less people people don't really aspire to do it so it's kept its rates and and, and I don't know I may be wrong that's my assumption I don't know if it's not that it's that people don't want to do voiceover work. I think it is almost harder to get into. I think there's a smaller pool. They don't open it out as wide. I know that companies are kind of damaging the way that sound, you know, um, yeah. audio recording works by enabling people to do stuff at home on their own and just send things through. The technology's moved on so much you can now. Which is good in the sense that people can work from home and that more people have access to it and it's not just people who live in the city. But then at the same time, it you know, there's not the necessarily the union to be able to protect it for people to be able to go, no, it needs to be, if you're going to do an hour's worth of ADR, it's this much, not a, a third of that. Yeah. So there's, there's the pros and cons, but I do feel like modelling, um, and it totally depends on whether you are fortunate enough to be someone who works every pretty much every day. And also if you're someone who, you know, because we've got a friend who is with one of the top kind of editorial agencies and their fees are still incredible. But if you are with the lower, more commercial, you know, possibly part-time agencies, then it is hard to possibly make a living um, solely doing that. You know, there are not many models that I know um, who are full, full-time models who yeah. aren't doing something else that, you know, they're not really choosing to do. So to explain that, there are different ways which I see models doing this full-time and making a living. There are the people, as Kate mentioned, like a friend of ours who's probably one of the best editorial um, modelling agencies, and he might get a campaign with, let's say, for example, a high street store, and they might pay a good five figures, you know, 20 grand, 50 grand, something like that, for a year's worth of that being up on billboards, up on Oxford Street, Regent Street. And the problem with that is once he's been seen doing that, it could be that other brands won't want him. And this happens with commercial modelling too. You might do something for a car, you might do something for an alcohol product, and then you won't. What they won't want you to be associated with another one. So you get paid pretty well for that. But what, doing that full time, you need what? one two three of those a year and you can afford to make a living but there are so many people going for them i don't know many people who get one two three of those a year if ever they get one but that's also the problem nowadays got to sound so negative about the industry but that's one of the problems nowadays with money is the sense that you could do a car commercial they're not always you know they're not now 80 percent of them paid the amount that you kind of expect to be paid and or alcohol commercial and they want to say to you well, once you've done this, you can't do another alcohol brand for the next three years. But what they've paid you for their small job is not what you expect to be not covered for three years. Yeah. So, so they want exclusivity, but they're not paying what they used to. So 
again, we're sounding negative. It's just explaining how it's changed. Now, if you haven't experienced this before, you come into this and think, oh, great, 1,000, 2,000, 300 pounds for three years to be written off for, I don't know, a beer or an alcohol or a car. This is great. But if this is what you do for a living, you can't do another one. So then you have to look for, you know, if you, so for example, if you did LucasAid, you can't do Diet Coke for example, and Diet Coke might be a lot of money, Lucozade might not be as much. So it's kind of, of balancing that. So that's one way that you can make this full-time, if you like, is if you're good enough and you get these things. And, and we'll come on to auditions and how you get them in, in a minute. The other side of seeing people do this full-time is they do lots of little shoots, which might be a couple of hundred pounds for a day. Um, sometimes it's with a private photographer who's an artist. Sometimes it's for like a, an up-and-coming brand that just want to use them for Instagram. Um, things like that, right? And, and some people... Do and they do uh, stock shoots as well, library shoots for a couple of hundred quid, and they might be doing these three or four, five times a week, mm. and they can make a full time living out of that because a couple of hundred pounds a day for, I don't know what two to six hours work is actually not bad compared to working in a it's shop. Or also, a lot of models I know that do things like the other side of modelling that isn't just photographic or visual for the camera. There's um, just your body used for um, e-commerce. So when say fig leaves are selling their underwear they may just have your body without your face uh, throughout the sales on the site there's also fit modeling where which you used to do yeah i did that for a few companies um like timberland say you go along and it could either be for the feet you know for just for your shoes or for you as a body so we need a size 10 body and you sort of pretty average size 10 not you know very different between your top and your bottom they fit the clothes to you and they make them. I worked for a company called Luella that was a high fashion brand and they had sort of very specifics on sizes they wanted. So I had to make sure that I was staying in shape to fit those sizes because otherwise they'd make a shirt fit to me this week, a month later when they get the sample back from wherever they fit it to me. And if I've changed my size, then, then you know, I'm not useful to them as a, as a human, you know, clothes peg. But um, so that's another way that you can earn money alongside, you know, there's, there's diff- several well, there's different body areas. part modeling, there's hand modeling, there's, there's foot modeling. Hand modeling, foot modeling. Um, These things aren't going to pay huge amounts, but if you're making this your career, every day you do something different. Um, you know, I, I've done one hand modeling thing where they just wanted to mold my hand for a, a specific person. I've got quite big hands, who had big hands, for Madame Two Swords. They couldn't get that person because they were in Australia, so they use you. It's not amazing pay, but it's another day of work. So that's what you're saying, isn't it? You can do... There are like several facets to it that you could be doing to make your you know day different every day, and it is, you know other forms of income effectively so you know you can make it a living because there are friends that I do know who are working all day every day pretty much um but it's a struggle you know you're going to have to be on top of admin you're going to you will have several different agents for that you won't have the same agent who gets sometimes you will because I have done fit modeling through my sports agent but it's rare so you have to be on top of you know your admin with your different agents which jobs on different days. I myself am terrible at admin, so I have before got myself double booked. I have um, accepted one job and I'd already been on something else and then the other job is more money and, you know, it's then... They want another go, day with you. Which, you know, which one am I going to do? Which one... Agent is... shouting at you because yeah. you're going to... Don't forget, the agent makes the money when you make the money. So if you double book yourself with two different agents, that's why some agents want exclusivity. They don't want you with another agent. One, because they might put you up for the same job, which then they get 
annoyed with and they both trying to will you go with me will you go with me and then of course if you book a job with one agent and then another agent comes in and says oh these people want to book you and it's worth more money you want to let the first agent down because you want to do more money but officially you shouldn't so you don't but then the other agent's annoyed with you because they're not going to make their percentage so while we're on that should we talk about agents because that's what people often ask is how do I get into it how do I get an agent should I just write off to some agents and send these days send a selfie or should I try and get professional photos done and then send those off to an agent so um generally agents want to see professional photos don't they yeah I don't know nowadays because people are saying much more open to other ideas I personally think it's worth doing a professional shoot because see if you like it yeah to see if you like it because I think you will not I think you'll probably underestimate how it makes you feel being on the other side of the camera when somebody wants something and either you're not feeling like you're understanding what it is that they want or they don't seem to be liking what you're doing you know just actually being in that scenario of being behind the camera and trying to deliver something and then seeing how it turns out and actually sometimes going oh wow that does not compute in the way that I thought it would um, it's interesting as well isn't it a lot a lot of the people as you can imagine that I get asked how do I get into sports modelling they go to the gym a lot they've got a good physique they look pretty good the problem with sports modelling is it's not generally about standing there for a guy or for a girl in minimal clothing so for a guy in just a pair of shorts or a pair of jeans yes the odd magazine cover want that but one they don't come very often two they tend to favour certain people and it's a little bit political um, so it, it, you 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 think that that's what you're going to go in for, but that's not necessarily most of the work. Also, it's a lot about your face. Does your face look like a, a rabbit in headlights or do you look natural? Can you do, you know, a quizzical look? Can you do a slightly smarmy look? Can you do a quietly confident look? And that's what they'll be asking you to do while you're holding your abs, while you're relaxing your shoulders, while you're maybe slightly stepping forward so you look like you're walking down the street. So doing a professional f- uh, photo shoot with somebody who you say, can you give me some direction? Then you might find actually all the photos look horrible or two out of a thousand look okay or actually I really didn't enjoy that you mm. say that, that that's yes also because when I mean the great thing about getting the first load of photos done um, for your own portfolio is that you can choose the ones that you have in your portfolio when you go to a modeling job and somebody will pick the ones that they like themselves you've got to go through your test shoot looking at the pictures and going oh I don't like that I don't like that you'll realize how many you don't like and then when you go on somebody else's job, they will... Uh, several times I've, I've gone found the work when it's finished and gone, why the heck did they pick that photo? That photo's terrible. I know when on the day we shot several images that were great, you know. But that's um, what's interesting. You will look at different things. So me, I've always been known as having pretty good abs. So when I'm getting somebody taking photos for a brand or a job, I'll look at the photo and I can see in that shot the abs look great. But they'll be looking at... 10 other things they'll be looking at what my face is doing which I obviously will look at as well they'll be looking at what's going on in the background where my legs are if you're advertising a product how does their product look how is it being held how is the light hitting their product so I think that's the other thing is really what I've learned as I've got older and also through them producing my own projects and it's really helped me because it stopped me from taking things so personally and um you know I think being an artist you sort of go oh well you know it's, it's my craft and I'm really good at this and when you go and do an audition and you've done a great job, you're like, but I, that was amazing. It was the best performance ever. But then, you know, somebody else necessarily, that's not what they're wanting. So from producing things, I've realised that the actor, the model, and this sounds so terrible, is usually the tiniest, littlest last part. Even though 
you feel like you are the main part because you are smiling, they're holding their product. As long as you're giving the right look, the wardrobe person is given the right colours of your outfit to make it work with the product and the um, overall look of the piece and, you know, that nothing's out of place. You aren't always that important. And there's jobs that I've done when I did hair shows and I remember these um, models being so so about themselves it was like well I'm not wearing that outfit and I would be a bit and I've had several people go yes but you need to feel comfortable yes you do but ultimately you've got to remember at the end of the day it's not about you if someone wants their collection shown on a runway you put on what somebody asked you to put on you know it's it's about their product you are just a tool at the end of the day a part of the show egos aren't always helpful it's it's really true that it's not about you and and I remember the first commercial I did where I was the only actor model whatever you want to say and um we were we got all the costume done the makeup the hair and then it was raining and then they walked me out and I said oh and and somebody held an umbrella over me and they were going to walk along holding an umbrella over me now as an ex-royal marine the last thing I want I think it was a woman as well and call me sexist if you like I would want to hold the umbrella for for the woman and I said oh god no you know don't have to do that and and somebody said to me it's not for you it's for all the work that's gone into the clothes that have been steamed and pressed and ironed the hair that's been done the makeup that's been done you know so again it, it you 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 can't take it personally when you don't get something when they don't choose you but also it's not about you when you're actually doing it you've got to do what you've been asked to do and what you've auditioned to do but there's a whole load of other things going on that means that the end product isn't necessarily about you and Kate's saying that you know you can do an amazing performance at an audition and again we will come on to that in a minute and then you don't get chosen and you're really gutted but sometimes it's because Kate might be a five foot seven blonde female and they are choosing between a six foot two blonde guy and a five foot ten dark haired guy. And there's another girl in the mix who's brunette with olive skin. If the blonde guy gets it, the olive skinned girl's going to get it. If the dark haired guys get it, the blonde girl's going to get it. And sometimes it's not even down to you. It's about what you look good with. Which kids are they going with? That kid's not available on that day, so we're going to have to go with that kid. That kid doesn't look like them, so they're not going to look like a family, so we're going to have to go with them. So again, producing and we have both produced products makes you uh, products uh, projects makes you realize it's much bigger than you but anyway back to the sort of grassroots stuff and how you get into it so get a professional photo shoot done you may well have to pay for that don't go for these scam people that will say if you pay for us then you get on our modeling site you don't need to do that generally they won't get any modeling jobs anyway look around for people in your local area who are professional photographers it could even be a wedding photographer that would be fine as long as you know look at their images and see that they're good and you could even take along a suit if you're a guy or a nice dress not quite a wedding dress if you're a girl and look at the sort of things that you might suit think about the brands that you might get to advertise so yes you might be asking me if you're listening to this from a sports point of view but you don't want your portfolio to just be you in a pair of shorts and a lot of people that come from competing or physique competitions which call themselves fitness models which in my mind aren't really fitness models it's it's something that's been coined to 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 describe a category in a bodybuilding competition it will often just be in bikinis or sports bras and and little shorts or guys just shorts there's only so many brands and so many jobs that are going to want to to use that so you need to think broader than that you need to think how do i look in a suit how do i look good in a suit how do i look in a shirt and a pair of jeans how do i look in a t-shirt how do i look in a jumper for girls trousers trouser suits uh pencil skirts um, so the more versatile you are the more your agent get. will remember you because they're able to put you up for so many more jobs if they you know yes okay they might be like well that person is the only ice skater who can do a triple back somersault on the ice so 
yes, I'll remember them when that comes in, but you may get that job once every five years. So it's up to you whether you want to be just a specialist in that one area, which is great because in one sense then people know that's what you are. I'm the martial arts guy who does spins or something, or I'm, you know, this. That's great because that gives you a niche and that's your particular target area. But if you would like to be working more often, you know, every day, then you could definitely go a lot broader. It, it's totally up to you. You've got to pick what it is that you kind of want to do and then go for it. doesn't necessarily mean that you'll get it. No, I agree. I would say it's better to have a specification that you can do really, really well because you're more likely to get on the model agency's books because you've got something that others don't have. But then underneath that, it's better to be broader, as Kate says, because then they will get lots of little jobs for you. So yes, you might be pretty good at football, but if you've ever played rugby and you've also done a little bit of boxing, it wouldn't hurt to get some shots of that as well because there will be other jobs. And I certainly have done... I've done boxing jobs, I've done football jobs, I've done rugby jobs, I've done martial arts jobs, I've done, you know, being able to do a snatch and a clean and all those sorts of, of, of exercises. You used to do women's fitness every month where you'd do all different exercises. And one of the reasons you get that is because a lot of the girls couldn't do chin-ups or pull-ups, mm-hmm. and you could. So having the ability to do certain things, but also remember, it's not just about being able to kick a football or do a pull-up. It's about being able to do it with a relaxed face, with a natural face that looks normal. It doesn't look scared in headlights. It doesn't look like you're blowing your cheeks out because actually you're putting a load of effort in while you, I don't know, hold a back lever or whatever it is. If you look at when you look at shoots that are used by magazines or by brands, the, the person looks aspirational generally, and that's what we're looking for. So you pay for a photo shoot or you're lucky enough to have a good photographer friend who's done it for you for free um, I had a friend's girlfriend who was a Navy photographer and she did my very first shoot and that enabled me to get in with my agent and I'd then- ring them I'd ring you know if you went oh this is the type of work I'd like to do find the agency that you know the model came from or just look up several agencies and ring them and ask them what it is they prefer because sometimes they may just go oh at the minute we're having meetings so just come down and meet us oh, do you know what, what's your Instagram? Because we can see from there. Um, I think people are now a lot more open to than they used to be when, you know, when I started, you had to send things in and then drop by for a quick, they'll look through your book and then, you know, out you go or, you know, it's, it's very Your different. book is your your portfolio. You carry a little leather bound, or you used to carry a little leather bound book with images showing different things. It's your portfolio. Obviously these days with the internet, you oh, don't okay. do that. Yeah, showing your age. And um, you, you, or you're an iPad, so you, you put the images on an iPad. But these days, obviously, they can look that up online, and often you, once you're with an agent, they'll email that through anyway, and it's all online. As Kate says, if you get asked to come in and and do a, a meet, obviously be prepared then that they might have an in-house photographer, and they say, right, let's go some, do some photos. So we did speak about going and doing a professional shoot to see if you like it, but also to get relaxed at it. Because the last thing you want to do is go along, have a really good meeting, you're very friendly, very personable, that's obviously really important, because don't forget, brands are going to book you, not just because you look right and you can do the thing, but you're not an asshole. you're somebody that they might want to work with so your agent needs to see that as well so you go along you have a nice meeting you get on well with them and then they take you to the little in-house studio and they do some photos and you look like a rabbit in headlights you don't want to do that you, mm. you know so because then you've just ruined your chance of getting on that agency they may say come back to us once you've had more experience but then you're wasting another couple of months of your time and you know you just could have you know it also might be a nice thing they say when actually yeah, you know you're have. done you've got to remember from their point of view they might get asked for five people to go along with a certain look for a job 
you want to be one of those five people that get sent along. Now, if they have any doubt that you'll be able to go along to a casting, to an audition, do what it is you're being asked to do, have the photo taken, look good, presented to the client who then says, yes, we want this person. If they think that you might be a rabbit in headlights, they're just going to send somebody else or they won't even take you on their books. Mm. So getting used to it. Kate said to me, actually, when I first started, stand in front of the mirror and practice what your face looks good doing different expressions. And be- not like what most people do on nights out which is big pouty looks because how many you know photographic jobs do you see people doing that really and also again i'm I'm gonna i don't mean to disrespect what anybody does what people do in bodybuilding competitions they get their body fat really amazingly low and they look incredible on stage the smiles that you do with that it's a very overly cheesy almost I'd almost call it an aggressive smile again you don't see somebody advertising something doing that so it's got to be natural it's got to be relaxed it's got to look there's a big thing has been in the last five years of normal and and whatever that is these days but a normal looking person who's aspirational to advertise this product so it's not just about being in a smile it's not just about not pouting it's about can you look quietly smug with yourself can you look like you know you're, you're you've just been caught unawares they'll ask you to do these facial expressions so practicing them so that you can do them on camera then don't forget when you're going for an audition and we might as well talk about auditions now you won't have a mirror in front of you so if you are asked to take your shirt off and you don't know how to hold your abs without a mirror which you know it, it, it's a skill you have to learn how to do time. it yeah you won't be able to do that and there's a camera there and then the shots won't be very good equally if they say you know can you peel a banana and as you're peeling it, remember that time you were walking through the Amazon and you saw a monkey with a banana. And can you do that? Can you do that you without... Know, the worst is, um, when I've gone in for things that, you know, be a yoghurt commercial, a chocolate commercial or something, and I'm like, sweet, I'm going to go in for an audition, I'll get given a chocolate bar. Like, great, you know. No, no, no. Mime having a spoonful of yoghurt, not only without the spoon, like, not only without the yoghurt, without the spoon. So, I actually after a horrendous audition where I felt like a complete moron, I went home and practised it because I was like, if I get in that scenario again, I'm sure the videotape must have been hilarious because you sort of become very aware of yourself in an audition, especially when you're feeling uncomfortable. So I fully expected to have a yoghurt and a spoon, thinking, well, you know, that's not that hard. Doing it without them is so difficult. Like, try it yourself now in the mirror. It's so difficult. So practicing skills like that that you may come up against is actually really really useful and it sounds silly because we should all know how to eat a yogurt or drink a glass of water or whatever it is but i just got a commercial recently it was a really nice one went out to thailand the audition was to drink a drink let's just call it a drink for now um and then look out over my fields and be really proud of what i've created because i grow this drink it's actually quite weird to naturally not drink anything but make it look like you're drinking something and swallow again because kate said go and stand in front of a mirror and try it but it, you know it, it, it's weird because it should be a skill we all have but miming is what you know professional actors learn to do and learn to do well so equally it happens the other way i, I had an audition recently and then a callback and the callback was with a another actress and then we had to go through all the things and i had to eat a chocolate cookie in between or for each time we did it and there were three or four different scenarios because it was going to be three or four different adverts and you get sick of eating so you learn to take the smallest bites because you don't want to eat, eat it as you, you can't make it look like you're no. nibbling because you've got to look like this product is amazing yeah and you want to eat it 
you know, like crazy. So yeah, so auditions then, let's just talk about that. And I don't want to make this, this podcast too long. Some of you will want to listen to it. Some of you won't. So what happens then? You do your professional photo shoot or you do a photo shoot with a friend. You send it off to an agent. You go in and meet the agent. The agent thinks you're great. They do a little test shoot. They like you. You get on their books. That's what's going to happen. Hopefully that's what you all want. What then happens is your agent then will send you through, can you do this audition tomorrow, 10 a.m. for, let's say it's a, it's a yogurt commercial, we just talked about that. You will hopefully have that time for free and you will say yes. If you say, oh no, I can't, I'm working in the morning, can I do the afternoon? They might come back and say no, they're only seeing people between 10 and 12 or 10 and 2 or we'll ask but no. Often it's a no. You know, They're a lot less likely to move things nowadays because there'll be someone else who will just slot into that slot. Yeah, so you have to try and be amenable and certainly when you first get on the books I'll be as amenable as you can and just do what they say. So you say yes, don't be late. Not everything, do what they say but yes. Yeah, don't, don't do anything. Obviously there's standards and you don't want to, yeah, but... It, Ideally, if they say there's a commercial and you're happy with what is involved, you know, some commercials, you might have to be in just your underwear. You know, that's what they're asking for. Um, and it, and it's, it, it's odd if you haven't done that before, especially when there's another person in the room who's not in their underwear or they are in their underwear or whatever it might be. So, but, you know, be, be, be honest with yourself and what you're happy to do and never do anything you don't want to do. Um, so anyway, so you go along to the casting. Um, you'll not want to be late but chances are they'll be running behind and sometimes they can be running behind up to an hour and it could be 15 or 20 minutes in the room if you've got to partner up with somebody and for some reason, and I've had this a number of times, you're the only guy and there's five girls, they might say, oh, do you mind hanging on and coming in with the next one? Or, you know, you've had the same, can you hang on and go with the next one? So you need to allow a bit of time. Difficult when you're working or doing another job. And we've both had that where you're doing a job to support yourself doing this. And, and I've actually had to go along to the casting, sit there for an hour and then be like... I'm sorry, I can't stay any longer. And then, which is very frustrating because you feel like you've wasted time going along to the casting and you didn't even get seen. But, you know, to save the, you know, the thing that actually is earning you money, you know, it's... Um, it's a difficult one because they don't want you to be late and sometimes you are and you can't help it, but they get behind because they might allow five or ten minutes for each person or each couple or whatever it is. And then somebody takes longer or they need a break or somebody's running late and you know it, 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 it's like the doctors right the doctor's never on time the dentist is never on time yeah. so it's the same sort of thing it's that queuing thing and humans and some people allow 15-20 minutes and then it's all on time but often they want to see as many as they can so you go along you do your audition you go in there you say who you are you say what agent you're with they tell you what they want you to do you do it they might give you a few points and direction and you do it again try not to argue with them on the direction obviously again if they ask you to do something you're not prepared to do then you say that and you you actually had this this week didn't you mm. do you, you want to talk about that one or not do you want to say what you had to do yeah i had to um do a physical move uh, a lift and um a what dance they were lift. asking for was one not possible in such a tiny room and two not safe without mats and practicing and definitely not with somebody that i hadn't ever worked with before on lift so um i had to turn around and say no that's too dangerous in here and no <laughs> and so we they were like okay well then you come up with something else and so then you have to think on the spot and you know it's not something that I do every day anymore so I was like oh gosh what do we do but we came up with something and they seemed happy with it so. and you got penciled for the job so by being honest and saying no I'm not prepared to do that it's dangerous standing up for herself coming up with something else doing a good job she still got penciled for the job pencil is where they're not going to book you but they might do. So they might pencil three people for that role and then they're trying to choose because this particular thing, it's a, a guy and a girl together. Again, I said earlier, it might be off to go with him or go with her, or go with her. So, so sometimes, you know, even up until the last minute, the job isn't confirmed, confirmed. No, to the client might pull client. out. You know, uh, one company, I probably shouldn't slander them, but 
all of my close friends, I tell them never to go for their castings because they are horrendous. Not only have I known people who have literally been flown out for the job and then they think they're going to get a great buyout of thousands of pounds, they, you know, which is terrible because we all spend it in our minds before we've got it. Um, They've had the job taken away from them before they've literally filmed the advert. Or you could go along, film the whole advert, and then, you know, they still decide not to actually... Use it. Use it for five years. They're only going to use it for three months, so they're only going to give you this little bit of money. And so then, you know, you, it's just being very aware of things and knowing that anything could change last minute. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you could be booked on a job and they could cancel it. They should possibly, depending on your agent, give you some money for doing that. But that's why it's 11pm the night before that you finally find out. Or, you know, we've been, Kate's been booked on a, a job abroad and I've been looking at trying to get a flight to go out and, and oh, wow, you know, there's a hotel, I'll go and stay. And they aren't booking the flights until the day before. And obviously we never book flights last minute when we go on holiday because it costs more. But these production companies will do that because they don't want to book it. And then the client turns around and says, actually, we don't want to do that job anymore. We've completely changed our brief or the budget's fallen through, whatever it may be. So, so anyway, so yeah, you do your audition and then what you want is to hear that you've been penciled. If you get penciled, it means you're one of those, could be two people, it could be 10 people, you just don't know. What might then happen is a recall and a recall is when they bring you back in and they might ask you to do roughly the same thing or it might be something different, um, a little bit changed or they might add another scenario or they might just want to see you do what you did in the original one with different people who've also been recalled. So again, if it's a couple, they might say, right, we want to see you two together and then they see another couple together and that's the people they've seen matched up. They might then ask you to do it again with somebody else. Again, just like an audition, a recall, you want to be on time and again, you might have to go in with two or three different people so you, you need to allow a little bit of time because they might not rush it through I'd been told before for a recall you need to allow two hours and actually I was going off to film something else I had to say I can't you know I I need to be down here to film so I can come in at this time do this amount of time but and just be honest you know and it might cost you the job but if you've already got another job or you're earning money you can only do what you can do if the recall goes well or if you just got penciled off the first job and they don't need a recall what you want to hear then is that you're booked when you get a pencil, let's say it's a job shooting one day, they're just going to ask you not to take any other work on that one day. It could though be that they're going to shoot two days within a five-day period and they ask you to book out for those five days. And this is where it gets really difficult we spoke about at the beginning because so you might be penciled for a job that's a thousand pounds and it's going to shoot over two days over a five-day period in a week and then you're penciled a week before. Two days after you're penciled, somebody else comes in and said, can you do something on this day for me for 200 pounds? And what do you do? Do you say, I can't because I'm penciled for this and I'm going to earn this? Or do you say to the person, yeah, I'll take the £200 because I'm going to have to earn something that week? Because you could find out in an hour later that you're no longer on pencil and they've gone with somebody else. You've turned down the £200 job, you're no longer penciled for the £1,000 job, and next week you're earning no money at all. You say that's pretty pretty standard, the way... Yeah, yeah. and you have to... You know, it's it's very difficult because they are sort of good chunks of money in one go. It's going, oh, well, this is definitely worth it. But as you were talking with somebody recently, you know, say you have PT clients and you're like, well, I only, you know, I don't know, if you're a low-earning PT and you go, well, I only charge £50 an hour or something or £30 an hour. Okay, um, well, you know, these clients, it's only I've only got this client, so they only pay £30 an hour and this is going to be a grand for a day. Yeah, but how long have you had those clients? A year? How long do you think you're probably going to have them? For what do you earn from years? them over the year? You know, they also ensure that you can pay your mortgage. This one letting them down for a day, which will piss them off this time, 
then you'll go and do it again and then possibly once more and then they'll be gone and they'll go to somebody else so that's your bread and butter do you really want to lose that for you know uh this you know fun experience yeah it may be a couple of great life experiences to do but do you want this as your career i think instead of for me this this when when you asked me to do this talk it wasn't so much as in how do i get into modeling i think it should be more and this is probably why i've spoken so not negatively but try to be quite honest about it is um do i want to actually get into you know modeling and you know the film and tv industry you know we can go into acting another day but do i actually want to do this and is what i'm doing currently not actually so great you know having a regular income doing something that I know that I can do, doing something that I get validation from every day, you know, because it can be very soul-destroying going along to an audition, knowing that you did a good job. But one time I went along to an audition and got it because the way my skirt moved. Can you bring that skirt to the job? Because we like the way the skirt moves. That's why you got the job. They end up using a different skirt, so it didn't matter. But you know, it's like, okay. So it was nothing to do with the fact that I bent over backwards and did like a... um a uh, full-out kick, lunge, you know, That's high me. kick and everything. So that didn't matter. It was, um, you know, and then things where, you know, you think you did a great job and then you don't get picked for it. And you're like, but I would have been amazing. I, I definitely think I'm the right face for Coca-Cola. I definitely should have got it. You know, it can, you know, be a little bit disheartening. And it'll be the day at which you turned down 10 clients to go to this audition. You went along, they were running Cancel late by now. Cancel just on don't. I've done that before. I've come back early from a holiday before to go to an audition that I feel like I was completely right for and should definitely get. Went along to it. It had a nightmare getting there. Got to the audition, sat in the waiting room. They were running an hour and a half late. Was like, no, no, I'm going to do this because I came back from my holiday early and paid out extra money to change the flights and everything. Went along to it didn't get it and then and then you know you're like but but you know it's just um but then there have been amazing things you know yeah, I, you get I'm amazing so, job you both have had really I've great jobs been so fortunate there you know i am still doing this because i do love it you well, know you're on i pencil do enjoy for a job in prague right now we've been to thailand together because i got a job in thailand this year last year you were in lithuania for a job germany for a job um, i don't have another career yeah. you know this is what I, I put all my eggs in this from when I was young you know I started off going to dance college I didn't go to university I didn't do possibly more sensible degrees or whatever <laughs> but um you know this is what I want to do so I guess it is just me saying to you yes you may be anything you know you could work in a bank you could be a plumber do you enjoy that if you enjoy it then yeah keep going for it this may seem like a bit of fun to do but also are you just actually taking away from people doing this as a career? You accepting a job for 50 quid because you want the life experience. That's, say somebody came along and did that in your industry. You know, wouldn't you be like, oh, these people, you know, taking less money, they're damaging the industry and ruining our union. And that is something that's happened. Um, and I can give a good example of that. I got asked to go and audition for a music video for a, a big band or group whatever you want to say and um i went along and it was a very 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 big group you know that they sort of broken up and then reformed and they were making a bit of a comeback and um i had to audition and it was you know shouting in an american accent and being sort of this sort of character and it seemed quite cool and then it came through right yeah they want you and it's this much money and it was it was a pittance and i said well, it's just for a couple of hours then it must be for that a pittance it was embarrassingly low it, and, and then it was oh there's no travel and it was right out uh west london 
quite in sort of towards um, past the A406, I think. So it was, it was quite a way out of London. So, you know, if you're going to pay for travel and then your agent's going to take 20% because they take between 20 and some of the modeling agencies will take up to 33%. They shouldn't, but they do. But th- that's probably another conversation for another time. Anyway, so I worked out and then I said, so it's only for a couple of hours. Oh no, they want you there. And it, it ended up, they wanted me there for 16 hours. So once I've divided the number of hours they wanted me there by what I was actually going to get, I was going to be making about £3.50 an hour. So I said, this, this isn't even minimum wage. It's ridiculous. So I rung Equity and I belong to Equity, which is the union for performers. And they said that the actual fee that that job should be was over four times as much as they were offering. Now, this is a major band that you will see members of this band on panels for TV shows. So you can probably guess how much money they have. It's not their fault. It's the production company. The production company have agreed to do it for a fee that either isn't feasible for them or they want to keep so much of the profit themselves. They're only paying actors, models, whatever you want to call them, dancers, sports models, a a, a really pittance fee. The problem is people will do it and people will do it because they want the life experience or they're told this will be really really Great good for exposure. their career exposure as you a friend of ours said ever do that for exposure because somebody who if you're like when we've done projects and we've asked people to either work for free or for low fee. deferred fees or for low fees i've never tried to go this will be great exposure for you i've said there will be footage if it's useful for your show well then then do it i totally understand you not wanting to do it um if it's at all benefit for you, if you're going to benefit from doing this, then yeah, let's work together. If not, then I totally understand, but I'm just asking because we would like to have you in our project. Yeah, and it's okay to say to, to say that, you know, when we've done projects, but we said, look, it's the deferred fee. If and when this makes profit, we will pay you the full equity rate. I got asked to do something yesterday and, you know, I, I was quite honest with the guy. I said, look, you're, you're, right, you're paying food, you're paying expenses and you're offering me a hotel, but there's nothing in this for me. You know, if you were paying money, you know, it's got to be a fee that's worth it to me. I'll do it. If it was worth it for my show reel or to show something else that I can do that I can then get other jobs from that might be paid, it's worth it. But there were none of those things in this. And the guy was like, "Thank you for being honest." And it, you know, it, you do have to do that. But you will probably, if you're coming into this off the back of something else, be asked to do something very cheap or for free or for you know, and it's not worth the money. As Kate said, the problem with that is there's just so many people willing to do that. It's bringing the fees down for everybody. So then a major brand knows, or the production company that's bid for the job knows that they can get a with paying people not what it's worth and because jobs don't have to work within the union um, it just means that there are people that now can't afford to do this full time who are really good at it so they have to take other jobs and that causes the problems we've spoken about with you're going to take the time off for the audition and, and as Kate said you have to be used they have to have pretty thick skin they say you get one in ten so you have to be prepared to do nine auditions and make a fool of yourself and turn up free you know pay for your own travel pay for your time quit your job get out of your job go along do an audition not get it wait by the phone get penciled not get it I actually probably reckon it's more like one in 15 or one in 20 not because I'm getting worse but because there's just so many people there's so many people now doing this yeah I, it's it's hard to know because in a sense there should be more work because of all the internet channels um because of all the you know cable channel cable we don't have cable anymore you know for all the different channels on tv there should be more adverts there should be more tv shows there should be more opportunities um but then those aren't those aren't paid the way commercials were so i don't um i don't see the fees being anywhere near little you know instagram or youtube so adverts you're seeing more yeah but mm, they yes. don't that's the problem i don't think the unions and equity and the rates and, and the production companies have quite caught up with you know you used to get a set fee I for doing they have they just, i just think they've managed to go well we've got away with this and this is now the standard so that's what it is yeah anyway i think we've we've ranted probably yeah it's not it's things. not ranting so 
to recap on what we said, if you want to get into this, if we haven't completely put you off, and hopefully we haven't some of you, because you know, if you're a talented individual, and this is something, as Kate said, that you really want to do like she does, she loves what she do, she does, and you want to get people to pay you to travel, which if you're lucky enough to get the right jobs, you can, then get some sort of photo shoot done, either a, a professional one or with a friend who's, who's semi-decent, or as Kate said, right off to the agents and see if they'll call you in and get an in-house photo done. But make sure that you're comfortable and happy to have that done and you've got a few different looks. As we said, don't just do the one thing you're good at. Make sure you take photos of that, but also photos of the other things you can do, different looks, different clothes. Send that off to an agent. If you also, get... sorry, if you are possibly doing a photo shoot, I don't know how young or old you are, It one, if you haven't met this photographer before, obviously be safe and be sensible. But two, it could also help having somebody there with you. One, to help you with you getting changed or whatever, but also to look at you from the outset. When the director, when the photographer or whoever is telling you notes on something, how are you receiving it? I've been told before that I look like I have bitch face when somebody is um, giving me direction. Doesn't mean that um, in my mind I didn't see it at all, but I've, I think my concentrating face is resting bitch face. And so it looks like I have attitude. So then I've obviously tried to work on that and realise that, you know, maybe I have to smile a bit more when somebody's, you know, explaining something to me. So having somebody else there to give you notes on yourself could, I think, was probably quite useful, added as a protection for going along and meeting someone, obviously. There are weirdos out there who claim to be photographers. Yeah, there there are. Kate's made a good point. Safety is obviously paramount. There are websites out there like Model Mayhem or Purple Port or things like this that you can start an account as a photographer, a makeup artist, a model, a hairstylist, a body painter, you name it, you can put it on there. You can find photographers through these and they find models through these. And there are professional models who just make their money organizing shoots with people who want to take photos on these sites they might get two to three hundred pounds five days a week six days a week seven days a week i know some of them that club together and then there'll be three models and they'll say to 10 photographers you can come along and take photos for us in this mansion house at the weekend um obviously as kate said you need to be careful these aren't professionals necessarily some of them are um some of them are just hobby people that will pay you to let you take photos do your due diligence yeah due, due diligence people up Look people up, and as Kate said, it's not a bad thing if you say you want to take a chaperone along to a photo shoot. That's completely allowed. It might even be somebody to help you do your hair and makeup, hold your coat because you're going to take it off and just be in your shorts or your sports bra, whatever it is. So, yeah, okay. Make sure you're safe and, and you tell, obviously, somebody where you're going and have your mobile phone and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so once you get all that done, send it off to an agent. Hopefully, you get brought in by an agent. Chances are you want to be with more than one agent. Some agents want uh, exclusivity. That's fair enough, um, but you want to make sure you're getting work. If you've got an exclusive agent and after six months you're not getting any work, you want to be looking at getting some other agents or changing agent. So you go along for the meeting, you make sure you're very happy, smiley, yes, no, sir, no, sir, all that sort of thing. My military mind coming back. You might do a little test shoot with them. Again, make sure you look good. Make sure you know how to act. Take some clothes along if they ask you. Make sure you take it along. Thank you very much. Hopefully you get taken onto their books. When you get given auditions and castings, go along. As long as it's within reason and it's happy with what you're told you're going to do, do what they ask. Again, very happy, very smiley. Do your best. Hopefully you get booked. If not, you get penciled. You might do a recall. Again, go back, do it, do it, don't be late, all that sort of thing. Um, And then hopefully you start getting some jobs. The last little caveat I'll put on this is if you live in Cornwall, 
you're probably not going to get that much work or that many auditions. You might get direct bookings and that's where they just look at your photos and they book you. If you get direct bookings, you need to make sure you look like you look on your photos. And this is another thing I'd say to people who are used to doing the, the, the physique fitness modeling or physique modeling or physique competing, as I call it. It's not an idea to have one or two photo shoots done a year when you've cut all your body fat and then send those off to a modeling agent, get on the agent's books, and then you get a direct booking, but you're in your off-season. Or you get a casting and you're in your off-season. You go along and you don't look anything like your photos. They won't call you in again and you'll probably get kicked off the agent's books. Or you have to say you, to them... You've embarrassed them. They, they are, you know... Yes, you feel like you are the commodity, but, you, you know, they need to make sure that that casting director relies on them for people you know for they what deliver what it is that they said they can if you're an agent or an actor or a dancer uh sorry not an agent if you're an actor dancer or model and you get sent along to a casting and you can't do what it is they ask you to do so if you say you can do an overhead uh, bicycle kick i've had that in an audition they put a crash mat they've hung a uh, table tennis ball from a string and they want to see you do a bicycle kick if you've said you can do it and you go along and you can't do it you have wasted a slot you've wasted the casting director's time if the client's there I think that was Orange mobile phones you've wasted their time that agent will get a phone call probably from the casting director saying what you're doing and you won't get brought in again it's the same with looking like your photos if you've got shoulder length hair on your photos and the day before you've decided to give yourself a skinhead and you haven't told your agent and they ask you to go along and you turn up with a skinhead they're going to be furious they're not going to just put a wig on you you have to tell them so if you don't if, if, if you're getting working on direct bookings because you're going to live in out of London or out of major cities you need to make sure when you turn up you look like your photos and, and that's a real biggie um, I know Maxi Muscle the reason why they started sponsoring people was because they would book direct book and people would turn up and they wouldn't look the way they should look those of us that are on Maxi Muscle's books we that they know that we can look the way we look all the time that's why they work with us because we can get a last minute shoot and sadly as I said at the beginning last minute is the name of the game you often get booked last minute you often get asked for an audition last minute so if you can't stay super lean 365 then maybe have some of your portfolio that isn't like that. You can say, give me three weeks, four weeks, whatever it takes you, I can get like that. But the majority of the time, I look more like this, and at least your agent knows. Anything else to add on that? No. Okay, if you've got any questions on this, Kate and I are happy to answer them via social media. Um, I'm Sean Merwell, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you are? Uh, I would just do my Instagram, because I hate Twitter. Which is? At Miss Braithwaite. At Miss Braithwaite. B-R-A-I-T-H-W-A-I-T-E. Yes. I'll put some links and things when this is uploaded. So yeah, any questions, uh, look out for Kate on Instagram and me for Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Thanks very much for listening.